of it's not you it's them but it might be you and today seems to be your favorite day generally judging from the dms i get so happy ick day here we are let's begin with our new set of icks for this week and the first one says he put his hand on my hip while spooning Okay, where is he supposed to put his hand? Imagine now, and if you're at home or somewhere appropriate, go and lay in spoon position. Go and lay on your side, and then what happens to your arm? Your your top arm. If you're laying on your left side, where are you supposed to put your right arm? Just lay with it stiffly leaning down your own body. That would have given you the ick if he was just laying pressed against you with one arm flattened against himself. The only natural, normal place for you to put your hand while spooning is on the other person's hip or across them. You know what's really fucking annoying is when they put it across your belly. I really hate that. You know, your belly's like flop down to one side due to gravity and then they hang on to that. But they like it, you know. I have learned that. I'm there like, can't breathe because I'm like, breathing in my fucking extended stomach. And they've just got their hand on it. And I just, I can't enjoy that. Obviously, when you're in love and you've been together a little while, you can enjoy it. But that first time spooning and they've grabbed your fucking rolls of fat can be quite awkward. But it shouldn't be because rolls of fat are beautiful. But anyway, I think you're the lunatic here. I think you are a lunatic for getting the ick. But again, this is what the ick is. Because this is the point. He's supposed to put his hand on your hip while spooning. He's not supposed to put it around your fucking face or on himself, or just, what, up in the air? That would have been even worse. Imagine if he just laid there with it up in the air. So, but this is the ick, isn't it? Because that is normal, and this very normal behaviour has made you go, oh, God, what a fucking cunt. He's put his hand on my fucking hip. Get out of my bed immediately. It's not normal, it's not natural, but I support it because I get it. Because the ick is beyond your control. The next one says, he brushed his teeth while shitting. You know what? This actually isn't an ick. This is just a turn off because, do you know what I learned the other day? I think I learned this actually from a Febreze advert. But when you poo in your toilet, lots of particles fly all around the place. In this Febreze advert, which was actually quite terrifying, they should have put a trigger warning on it. All you see, all of this poo, it's not real poo in the advert, obviously that would be horrible. Imagine them filming that. You see all this poo flying out of the toilet bowl and just landing on your towels, soap, toothbrushes, whatever is in your bathroom gets covered in shit particles every time you do a poo or every time you flush. Well, I don't know if it's, I always thought it's when you flush the chain, poo particles fly everywhere, which is why you're supposed to shut the lid before you flush. But I feel like according to this Febreze advert, just simply doing a poo in the vicinity causes everything in the room to be covered with poo. 
So I don't know how to handle this going forward. Brushing your teeth while shitting, I feel like inevitably you're going to be brushing feces onto your gums. I feel like that is what would be happening. Maybe that even happens even if you've just actually just done a poo in the bathroom, then you brush your teeth. It's actually stressing out my head because now I feel like I'm never going to brush my teeth or do a poo again because it's too much cross-contamination. But yeah, 100% ick. How can you brush your teeth while shitting? I bet he also spat the toothpaste down the toilet bowl between his legs. I bet that's also what happened. I support this one. Do not kiss people who've been brushing their teeth while shitting. Not good. Right. The next ick says, he posted a raclette on his Instagram feed. For those of you who aren't as cultured as me, let me just explain to you what raclette is. It is like basically melted cheese. It's like Swiss, I think, or Austrian, that kind of region. It's like a melted cheese. It's like a fondue type thing. You get like boiled potatoes or pickles or gherkins or whatever, and you have them on a stick and you dip them into this melted cheese, which is basically the raclette. And, you know, I do actually understand why posting a raclette on your Instagram feed is an ick. Because it feels like it's trying too hard. It's wanky, you know what I mean? You're a wanker if you've just eaten a raclette and posted it on your Instagram. And obviously, I've partaken in many a raclette event, a raclette eating night. I'd actually like one now, to be honest. And I would probably post it on my Insta if I had one. I'd be like, look, guys, I'm eating quite a unique Swiss speciality And that makes me sophisticated. And I would probably actually expect that to make people fancy me, to be honest. And I think he probably posted it thinking that his followers would find him cultured and sophisticated and sexy, you know? Maybe. I mean, I think, you know, you match certain guys on dating apps and their Instas are all like brown-hued, stylized pics of unusual food they've picked up at a quaint restaurant in Dalston, like sauerkraut and shit like that, and craft beers brewed in Hackney. It's those guys who post raclette, and then they have like a little roll-up after. That is them. So I do understand the ick, but also I like those guys. I like those kind of like indie raclette, brown-hued Dalston Instagram people. So we're not going to judge them. I'm not allowing you to have this ick. Our final ick for today. Oh, he carried the Olympic torch in 2012. What a helpful little wanker. That's what you're thinking, isn't it? That's why you've got the ick, because you are imagining him being all fucking kind and like signing up. Oh, look, this is an opportunity that I could do. I could carry the Olympic torch around and be really helpful to the community and the country. There's that thought in it of him going out, signing up, getting the email like, you've been selected to carry the Olympic torch, and him being like, yes, yes, guys. And then toddling up to the Olympic stadium already. And then walking around, all his parents and family and friends tuned in, videoing to get the clip of him walking past, proudly carrying the Olympic fucking torch. 
And it was probably one of the best days of his life. And he's probably told everyone he's ever met about it. Because who else? I mean, how many people carried the Olympic torch? Can you say you did that? Did you have any hand in assisting our country with one of the most successful things it's ever done in its whole history? No, you didn't. But yet you're here judging this very helpful little wanker because he went and helped us. He did this for us. He did this for Britain. And you are there getting the ick about his behaviour. I've got the ick for you. And I bet... I bet he's so... I wonder if he even showed you the video. Did he have a video of it on his phone? Did he get it out and be like, do you want to watch me? There's a four-second clip of me holding the Olympic torch. Did you? And did you indulge him? I hope you did. I hope when he told you that he's done this, that you didn't go, oh, Jesus Christ, you fucking over-enthusiastic loser. I hope you were like, wow. I'm really... Wow. Thank you for carrying that torch, keeping the flames alive, keeping it all burning and going. You should have given him a high five. That's what he wanted. That's what he needed. That's what he deserved. But instead, you've rejected the poor man for serving queen and country. Fuck you. That's all I have to say on the matter. I hope he's okay. And I hope that you get involved in some voluntary community events in your future so that you can learn how to be a better person. Hi guys, it's me and I'm here to tell you about another Sony Music Entertainment podcast. Now I know you all like to have a deeper look and get under the skin of a subject, otherwise you wouldn't be listening to me deconstructing hot topics and getting into the nitty gritty with all your dating dilemmas. So I think you're going to love getting curious with the fabulous Jonathan Van Ness from Queer Eye. Every week they deep dive into conversations with a variety of experts on some really, really important and eye or ear opening topics like the history of abortion and the science of sleep. Get excited, get curious and listen to Getting Curious wherever you get your podcasts. And now we are moving on to Is This a Red Flag? This is your chance to send me something that has appeared in your dating life or in your life that you think, oh, fuck, I think this is a flag, but I'm not 100% sure, you can send that to me and I will help you to think about whether it is or not. So the first, is this a red flag, says, if they communicate loads for four dates, then we sleep together and the day after, it's radio silence. Yes, this is a red flag. It is, of course, a red flag. If there has been loads of communication consistently for the time, you know, the period of time around the time when you're having the first four dates, you know, they're in regular daily communication and then the day after you sleep together, that goes completely silent, then I'm sure it is a red flag. And it's sad times that we're living in where we're unsure of whether we should expect to speak to people who we've swapped bodily fluids with mere hours before. Yes, you should expect to speak to them. And it is a red flag if you don't. No message is a message in this context because everybody knows that you should check in the next day. And if you're into each other, then you'll want to check in. And if he hasn't, then you should. Even though his no message is a message, you can't say anything if you also haven't messaged. 
So give a little like, thanks for last night and then see what the vibe is. But don't double text. And watch out for them being like, you too. Do not try to drag a conversation out of that. So if you send them, hey, thanks for last night, just because you can't say I've been ghosted if you also haven't initiated conversation. But if you do initiate that and they reply and it's just like basic, not like, hey, how are you? When, you know, a, a, a conversation that opens up a conversation, then do not drag it out. Unless they ask a question or say something that clearly warrants a response, just leave the ball in their court. And it is shit. And it is horrible. There is nothing worse than radio silence. The anxiety the next day after sleeping with someone and not hearing from them is horrible. But we really should look at why would somebody put us in that position? Why would somebody leave us feeling that anxious? It's definitely a red flag. It's horrible. Put them in the bin. The next is this a red flag. It's from a man. And it says, is it a red flag? when someone lies to you about when they last had sex because they didn't want you to judge them. And this guy I know definitely is heterosexual. And I want to speak about it from that point of view, from that heterosexual point of view, because you know what? And the reason why I said it was a man is because this is definitely gendered. For me, if a man were to lie to me about when he last had sex because he didn't want to be judged, he'd probably be thinking that he doesn't want to be judged in terms of whether he has an STI or whether he's still involved with another woman. But from a female heterosexual perspective, the need for us to lie or the need for us to feel that we need to lie to avoid being judged comes from a different place. It would come from a place of us worrying that a guy would think we're too loose sexually, that we've had loads of partners, that our body counts are high, or all of those things that are wrapped up around the sexism associated with women having sex. So I feel like me speaking to a man, I would say, do you know, it's not a red flag if a woman has lied to you about when she last had sex because she didn't want you to judge her. I'd say that's more of a red flag that you are maybe coming across like someone who would judge a woman for having sex. But actually, the, the, the red flag is the fact that the society has made her feel that she has to lie in order to continue to be respected by a man. So lies are never good, but if she's feeling that she has to protect herself because of all of this bullshit and all of these notions and the way that you may think differently about her, that's not her fault. That's a white lie. That's an okay lie. If it was a man that was lying because he didn't want to be judged, then again, it's only a, a red flag if it's like a lie that could actually then put me in danger. So if you're lying, if you're saying I haven't had sex for a few months but that's not the truth, you had sex last week, then actually that lie could put me in danger if we are planning on having unprotected sex. Because if you say, we had it six months ago, I've been tested since, that's fine. If you fucked last week and you haven't been tested since and you could be bringing something to me, then that becomes a dark lie. Does that make sense? I hope it does. But yeah, it's a complex one. I think we need to change the whole fucking culture that gives her the need to even make that lie. All right, the next is this a red flag says being put on their close friends stories when we haven't even met. We matched on field. You know what? I would guess I don't think this is a red flag. I think you've been put on their close friends stories because that's where they thirst trap 
without friends seeing. Maybe you might even be the only person on their close friends' stories, or there may be a handful of people that they've matched on field, and close friends is where they can really do their whole, like, cleavage thirst trap pictures. Or if they don't have a cleavage, they, you know, bum pics or whatever it is that people are putting on their close friends' stories. There's things that you would want the people you want to have sex with to see that you wouldn't want your nan or your colleague or whoever else to see. So I reckon they've created that field match close friend stories so they can be a bit, they can live their best whole life without being judged by anyone else. So no, I don't think it's a red flag. But I do see why you might think it's a red flag because it might feel like, oh, too much too soon. You're, you're, you're looking at me as a close friend, even though we haven't met. So if you are getting like, oh, like slightly, actually, that's the wrong song because that's spooky, isn't it? That's the right one. If you are getting those kind of like on their close friends, they're not actually doing anything that they wouldn't necessarily want their main friends to see. And you do think, hmm, this is a bit odd then trust your gut, trust your instinct. But if the close friends is full of thirst trapping, then it's not a red flag. Okay, the final, is this a red flag, says, every single light bulb in his place is red. What, every single one from the hallway to the toilet? I think he's a serial killer, genuinely. Or he's a photographer. Is that what they do in them dark rooms? They have it very dark and red. I don't know. Serial killer or photographer. How do we feel to find this out? And maybe it's be too late. Or maybe he's a sex worker and he's trying to encourage passing people to enter his brothel. I don't understand. Or maybe it's a Christmas thing. Christmas is coming up. He's got a bit festive, a little bit early. I do think it's a red flag because how could you exist like that? What would your mental health be like sitting in a dark red room all the time? Going outside must hurt your eyes. You know what I mean? You need that kind of like light. I'm really confused about this one because I don't want to judge someone who is just happens to really be into red lights because there isn't anything wrong with that. We can all like the lights that we like, whatever your favourite bulb colour is, you do you, you know, own it. But at the same time, I do feel like, why? Why is it why? Unless you want to kill everyone who comes round, what are you doing? Yeah, maybe red flag, red fucking light bulb coloured flag. I don't know. I've not, not heard of this one before. Again, c contact me. Answers on a postcard. Do we know? Why would every bulb be red in his whole house? We don't know. I don't know. Let me know. And don't see him again. Or maybe do, but bring some other coloured bulbs around to his house. All right, so my Friday night reminder for this week is... I haven't said this in a while, but I used to remind you all the time that you are a spectacular buffeting. And if you don't know what that means... A spectacular buffeting is a person who is buffed to their core. Anyone of any gender can be a spectacular buffeting. It doesn't matter what they look like on the outside. They glow by virtue of the fact that deep inside they are kind and empathetic and they show love to others. A spectacular buffeting doesn't judge others because they've probably sinned before 
and are pretty likely to sin again in the future, several times over. It is someone who recognises their flaws but celebrates their strengths. They do not feel the need to apologise or take the blame for past toxic relationships and they do not apologise for taking up space or being vocal about their needs or opinions. A spectacular buffing lifts other people up and helps others learn from their mistakes. They try their best to take a balanced and calm approach to dealing with cuntish or annoying people and they never resort to violence or spite or malice. A spectacular buff team knows themselves and what they deserve. They have high standards and they expect respect. They recognise red flags and they heed them. They treat other humans and animals with love and compassion. And on the days when they fuck up, they take ownership and they repair it. A spectacular buff team lets go of society's expectations about how we should look and tries their best to show unconditional love to themselves. A spectacular buff team does not always feel like a spectacular buffing, and that's okay. We all wobble. We just got to try to remember who the fuck we are. You were born a spectacular buffing. We all were. We go off track sometimes because of trauma and life and all that shit, but we never lose it. It's in our souls. So live your best spectacularly buff life. And there we go, you absolute spectacular buffings. I hope you go into this weekend remembering who the fuck you are and have a good one. And I'll see you again on Monday. La la la, let me explain. This has been a Sony Music Entertainment production. <laughs> <laughs>